2: I'm not a rapper. I don't rap like you know, in a, in a capacity that I put out to the world. But I 100% have recorded some verses just fucking around with my friends and stuff. And I've been trying to work on my rap voice. And so what I'll do is I'll listen to rappers who I think elements of like their delivery and the way that their presence on the mic are things that I can pull off. If I try to rap like Rick Ross, that's just never going to happen. My voice is not like that, you know? But Fair. I've been listening to a, a lot of Jack Harlow right now. And a lot of Made in Tokyo, that guy. Because I feel like I keep getting told in the little rap songs that I made. Like I know that my friends mean it as a compliment, but I keep getting told over and over again, like, "Yeah, I'm getting like a little dicky vibe from this." And I'm like,
0: "Oh, Oh, I love little dicky."
2: (laughs) And I like, I like little dicky a lot too. But his his rap, he is like a comedy rapper. do You guys know the rap. This is like you. You two are in New York, right?
1: I am not. So I am actually L.A. I live in North Hollywood, and
0: I'm technically in New York, but not Mm -hmm. at the moment. (laughs) I am left because of the fun virus happening. Yeah, the insane Uh, shit going on. Yeah, I'm back at our parents' house, and I've been here for two weeks in my own little home quarantine.
2: Yeah, I only ask because I wanted to ask if you've ever heard of the, the rap group Das Racist. Not current at all. I feel like their biggest claim to fame is one of the guys from it is in a rap group with Riz Ahmed right now and they're called Sweatshop Boys, but they are these two guys. I think one of them is Indian, and then another one is Hispanic, I want to say. Like, I think he's from Columbia or something. And they kind of rap, like, just about being brown. They're so fucking funny, and they're really smart, <laughs> but then a lot of their songs are just fucking stupid. Like, there's... This was, like, 2011, 2012, and they were huge, and they had a song called combination pizza hut and taco bell literally the whole song is like oh. i'm in the pizza hut i'm in the taco bell i'm in the combination pizza hut and taco bell like that's it for like three minutes and it's just like i hope you know just i'm finding to this it.
0: right now on spotify and oh, adding yeah. it to my favorite songs <laughs> please
2: do rainbow in the dark is a classic that's like just a legit good song but like they're so funny
1: Yeah, it sounds so relatable. Like, I feel like I've had those exact thoughts or lyrics in my head driving by one of those locations.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were clearly just high. There's a song called Fake Patois where they just do a fake Patois for the whole song and then call out, like, every rapper that's ever done a fake Patois. And I think it's so (laughs) fucking funny. That's fabulous.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: I hope that everybody is... Staying safe, staying inside. If you are going to protests, wear your protective gear. Stay as far away from people as you can, but be safe while doing it.
1: Be, and be aware of your surroundings. Just aware of your surroundings as you're out there. With that notice and everything, thank you, Melody. As you have already heard a little bit, we have Kayvon on the show. He's a really, really great guy. Uh, met him through a friend at work, Nathan. Shout out to Nathan.
0: Shout out, Nathan.
1: <laughs> Shout out, Nathan. <laughs> Kevin was a real pleasure Kevin? to speak with. His name is Kayvon. His name is Kayvon. I'm not cool. I'm sorry, Kayvon. That's my bad. But we spoke with Kayvon. Kayvon is a really great artist. He has a a great band. You should really check out their YouTube stuff. He also recently in this time shared with me a, a link, which we'll share in the notes, to a YouTube channel that he's actually putting out his own personal beats and covers
0: oh, hell yes
1: yeah so go check that out uh the link will be in the notes on our website and as well been a few weeks since we actually spoke with Kayvon but uh recently checked in with him and he's going back to actually start working in the hospitals he's a med student so thank you Kayvon for yes, for everything you, you're Kayvon. doing and It's uh, super important work and uh, we appreciate you. Yes. We are super excited to share with everyone a little bit about what you were doing before with your band and a little bit about kind of your background on music. So hope you all enjoy.
0: Let's jump into it, y'all.
1: Kayvon, you're in LA, but are are you from uh, LA originally?
2: I'm from Anaheim, which a lot of people tell me is L.A., and then I say, no, it's not. And then people from out of town say, no, but it is part of L.A., and I say, no, it's not. But yeah, I've been in L.A. for a like, significant chunk of my life, almost all my adult life. I moved to L.A. for undergrad because I went to USC, and then briefly went away for like a year after college. I did an AmeriCorps term, and then I came back here from med school. So I was you know, raised in Anaheim, Orange County, and then now L.A. Do you feel like there's a big difference between
1: Anaheim area and
2: L.A. where you're at? It's like not even the same world, man. Yeah, it's it's so different. I mean, in, in, you know how L.A. is like every different neighborhood of L.A. is it's entirely different city. Like North Hollywood, I'm sure, is nothing like Lincoln Heights and Boyle Heights. And, and I feel even though I've lived in L.A. for I'm coming up on my sixth year of living in L.A., I still feel like I'm kind of a poser and kind of a not real LA person because I've always lived in like the shadow of USC like I've always lived in Mm -hmm. like even if it's not explicitly student housing it's like I live with other students the places that I go in large part include school and you know the grocery store and stuff even though I feel like I've lived here for so long and I know the city well I'm I don't feel like an Angelino yet in a couple months actually hopefully this gets to happen because I don't know how the virus is gonna affect it but I finally am looking for a place to move that's just not affiliated with our school and close to it at all. So like kind of, kind of stoked on that.
1: Yeah. Are you almost done with school or is it just that it's the change?
2: Yeah, I just needed a change and I'm kind of in like a big turning point in med school right now. I'm, I have two more years of med school and then residency lasts however long it lasts, depending on what field I go into. So three to five years, but that's not really school. So two more years of school. But the the way med school works is that the second two years of, of med school, like the third and fourth year are very clinical, like you're working in the hospital all day, you know, you still take exams, and you still get lectures sometimes. But the first two years of med school feel like high school or college all over again, like just sitting in a lecture hall, taking tests, you're just a protest taker. But then the third and fourth years, you feel like you're kind of working a job and you are like, becoming a doctor. So you know, I'm I'm finally at that phase now where it feels more like professional hands on training than being in a classroom and sitting through lectures and falling asleep during them. Yeah. So once that starts up, are you particularly
1: excited for that aspect of the, the work or how are you feeling?
2: Yeah, I'm so excited for it, man. I just, like, number one, I'm just tired of being in a classroom, and that's what I do all day. And, like, we even had one of our deans, like, talk to us about this, and I, it, she was just like, I, you know, I'm going to be with you guys. The first two years of med school, like, they fucking suck. You did not <laughs> get into medicine to, like, sit there and memorize enzymes, you know, and, like, the names of genes and, like, what percentage of the population they come up in. Like, that stuff's important. You got to know it, you know? Just learning an insane volume of facts. It's just a marathon of, like, memorization, but... I knew that I wanted to work a job where I see other human beings every day and like talk to them a lot. I have just been going fucking crazy sitting in my apartment in the same bedroom, like all day, every day, (laughs) not the environment that I want. And I know I have friends who are like homebodies who can and do and choose to like work from home and like they love it. And I would just go crazy. So I'm looking forward to meeting patients and treating them in person I think it helps to put your problems in perspective where, you know, USC, part of the reason I wanted to come to school in the first place is because we are attached to the county hospital. So we were like really close to Skid Row. So like the majority of the homeless population of L.A. comes to us for treatment and people who it's been the hospital where if you don't have insurance, like this is where you go. And it's in kind of a dangerous area. So it has a really good like trauma center. And they also just are the place where people who like are generally disenfranchised by the world come for medical treatment and so you get to see you know like Anaheim is just such a different world I grew up in a nice yeah. Orange County suburb where I mean my family wasn't like OC oh, rich you think of like Newport Beach and those people you know like I live as far east in Orange County as you can be before it's Riverside County. That being said, I didn't realize how privileged I grew up until I came to med school here and like you see people who just had to avoid gang life every day, you know, or like patients who come in with problems with domestic violence and the place that I live in right now is a food desert. And so I know what it's like now to live in a food desert and it's so much harder to just stay healthy and all these things. So I don't know. I've learned a lot about the world, I think, through just living in a place where I, I wouldn't have lived chosen to live otherwise. That's kind of what I wanted to get into medicine for the first place. I think the thing that connects, like, art and medicine is there is an inherent curiosity about the world that drives your interest in that field, you know? And Mm -hmm. there are different ways of exploring it, for sure. But I think that that's kind of what, you know, when I was, like, in college and sizing up all the different things that I could do with my—I got a neuroscience degree, which— is not as impressive as it sounds. There's not a lot that you can just like graduate with a neuroscience <laughs> degree and then go do. It's it's literally just a glammed up bio degree like it sounds really cool, but I am qualified to do almost nothing. That's how I felt when I graduated, you know, except for like talk about papers and stuff that no one wants to hear. And I'm I'm particularly interested in psychiatry right now. I know that could change cuz I still have two more years in med school to go, but One of the things that draws me to that is that everybody just has been telling me that you get the most time with patients. You really get to know them and their whole life story and stuff. It's not like come in and here's this problem. Here's a prescription. Peace out. See you later. See you next year. You got to get to know them. Yeah. Are you
1: at all worried about that weighing on on the rest of your life? Because I know that that can be pretty challenging. I was actually considering going into to psychiatry when I was going to school and that changed obviously with the OCHEM personally, but with everything else, part of the worry was also the taking some of that home with you and, and being able to deal with that on a personal level. Do you have any concerns about that?
2: I do. I can't really speak to it because I have not practiced as a psychiatrist yet, you know. I was supposed to start working in the hospitals in June and there's a chance that that gets pushed back. A lot of my friends, especially friends from out of town, have been like hitting me up like are you okay? Like they're assuming that I'm like in the hospital on the front line. Right. And we would do more harm than good in the hospitals right now like the people at my level of training because the logic for having a stay home right now is that we would be a waste of protective equipment, which is in low supply. My friend was telling me that like before the COVID outbreak started, he, he has a lot of situations where they have these like negative pressure rooms where you go into one room, you get suited up in all the gear, and then you go into a room with a patient who has like a really contagious virus or something. All of the other doctors get dressed up first. You get dressed up last. I think only one person can get dressed up at a time because you need somebody else's help to do it. And then all the doctors go in, talk to the patient, and, like, do the interview. And then the med student finally, like, gets all the clothes on And walks into the room and then immediately by the time he walks into the room the conversation's over they already finished talking about what they have to talk about so he just walks out and just immediately takes off the protective gear that's what would be happening with this covid stuff we wouldn't be doing anything we would just be like along for the ride so we just be like another vector for the virus another set of ppe that goes to waste and then we could come home and and infect our friends and stuff like that so like that's the logic right now
1: Mm -hmm. that makes sense as you were talking, I was I was wondering where the inflection point was for wanting to go into med school, and then also understanding how the other parts of your life, particularly the the band and uh, your your musical endeavors, kind of have what milestones those are in your life, right, and, and how right. those have maintained throughout these years.
2: Yeah, my kind of timeline is you know I mean I've always been like really really into music, right? I also came from a pretty medical family. My mom's a doctor. She practices as a hematologist, oncologist, so she treats blood cancers. And my dad was a pharmacist. He stopped working like decades ago. So I always like kind of felt that on my back. Not that I was like pressured to go into medicine at all, but like all of my, you know, my mom is one of like 10 siblings. And so like all of her brothers and sisters would be like, what do you want to do? You want to be a doctor like your mom? I I always had (laughs) like a, like a, and also just like being half Iranian, you know, it's, it's one of those cultures where like doctor, lawyer, engineer, like which one? Which one are you going to (laughs) be? So it's like I already felt that kind of pressure on my back to do that. So I was always pushing against it when I was younger and trying to, you know, there was like a hot moment where I thought maybe like being a computer scientist would be the thing that I want to do because I just really love video games. And then that kind of stopped being a thing that I was into for some reason, because I think when I was a tween and a teenager, music took over as my primary like hobby slash obsession like i remember when i was like 12 or 13 being really into weezer i don't remember why (laughs) i think the first the first cd that i bought was the weezer red album and the song pork and beans and stuff i was just like so into it and then i really delved deep in like the blue album i think that from like Guitar Hero or something, I heard Say It Ain't So, and I just got really into Weezer. You know, they had goofy music videos. The guy was kind of a dork, and so was I. That's where I felt some kinship there, for sure. I think that Weezer would, like, reference classic rock bands and stuff. Like, there's lyrics where they call out Metallica and stuff. I remember kind of being like, wow, there's so much about music that I don't know. And my dad was, like, briefly a musician, too, before he went to pharmacy school, so he would always play like weird like music that's weird to grow up to. Like have you guys ever heard the band Sleater Kinney? No. They're a punk rock band with Carrie Brownstein. She's like famous for the show Portlandia as well. All girl punk girl band. And they I just remember like being like a little kid and hearing the like Dick me up. Like she legit sings like Dick me up. Me out. Like, it's fucking crazy singing. And so it's just <laughs> oh, like, wow. I, I remember listening to that music and that was my normal. And so my tolerance for weirdness in music has always been very high. I love weird shit. I had like a curiosity about music. I wanted to explore it. And so I remember learning how to pirate, you know, music. And so I pirated <laughs> the Rolling Stones top 500 rock songs of all time. And I just systematically listened through all of it from the ages of like 13 to like 15. And whenever I would how? hear a song and be like, Huh, like David Bowie, that song was cool. Let's go, let's just go download every David Bowie album and listen to them chronologically. And like, I was really into reading Pitchfork too when I was younger and just like other music blogs to just kind of get the context. And I was one of those people who really liked English class and I loved like the discussions of the books. And so Mm. that's what music to me is like a jumping point for bigger cultural conversations. Like what does it mean for Bowie to be glammed up in that cultural time? Like I didn't really understand. I can't really speak to queer culture because it's not something I identify with. I see his importance through that lens of being somebody who's really big, who would openly explore those things. And that's kind of the role of artists in the world sometimes is to just live their lives out loud and make things normal, make people feel kind of at home and, and at ease for kind of showing the world their eccentricities. And whatever the world doesn't really accept but might accept in the future you know and so i you know i think i had like different phases where different classic rock bands would be my favorite like zeppelin was for a while like the peak of the mountaintop for me got really into radiohead but i would i remember specifically having a hard time finding people to play music with because number one i played bass so it's like you can't really play that alone and you can't really play it. You know, like, you need a band. Mm -hmm. And everyone that I knew in my circle of people, I always had every piece except for a drummer. Like, finding a drummer was the hardest thing. And... Hmm. Every drummer that I knew was already in a church band. I remember having like a really interesting conversation with my music professor about why he didn't like EDM. People in the class were trying to convince him to open his mind up to it. And he was just more of like, I can't get into it because I listen to music for like harmony. And like I was trained in classical music where harmonic progression is the thing that they really explore and like EDM usually just has one chord in it and it's like we would have to explain well they're really dealing with sound design it's like the thing all these crazy synths and these crazy drum sounds I love trap music where like just all the little like boing boings and like the crazy ass sounds and stuff what I'm trying to get at is my artistic progression was when I was in high school I just opened my eyes to the world of all the different music that was out there you know my progression was that back then I would try to write my own songs. I would kind of get started on them, having a notebook where I wrote a list of all the songs that I liked. There's like a lot of Arctic Monkey songs on there, a lot of Radiohead songs on there, some Weezer songs on there. And I would try to like amalgamate all the different things that I liked about those songs into my own thing. But like, number one, I was not very good at, playing guitar yet and number two I was really bad at singing like I just didn't know how to do it I wish that people would know I wish that I got this message in my head when I was younger that like singing is just like any other instrument like if you're afraid of the embarrassment of sounding bad you're never gonna get better and truly anyone can be a good singer so many people say things like I just can't sing I'm just tone deaf I just can't do it it's like yeah you can everyone can you know you might not be the kind of singer that like Freddie Mercury is, you can be a good singer. Like, it is a learnable skill that everyone can do. It's a really, like, more so than any other instrument, it feels very vulnerable. So, there's a big, like, confidence thing in there that you really gotta, like, just overcome. And you just, like, honestly, just playing live is, like, the only thing that really, like, truly helps you get over that hump. I say that to say that I would write these songs, but I wouldn't really have any vehicle to play them. I was still too insecure to, like, share them with other people. I always had this interest in the back of my mind, but. I definitely put it on the back burner music and the kind of practice of like treating people's diseases and helping them live happily. Like they they're kind of two sides of the same coin. They don't seem like like wildly different fields to me because you kind of have to explore your own personal emotions in your own personal life. I feel like writing songs like forces you to dive deep into what your life has been and what certain moments in your life have have meant to you the way that I like to think about writing songs is kind of capturing a moment and bottling it up and saving that moment and returning to it. And so like Mm. my process for writing lyrics is, I mean, it's like the oldest artistic mantra in the book is like, show, don't tell. I think that like, it's so much more effective to kind of paint a picture of like all the little details of like a moment or like all of the little kind of impressionistic things that surround a feeling like you want to, you want to have people hear, the, the words that are sung and feel like they're in that place, you know, and not like they're being told what to feel. And so I feel like in order to really flesh that out and have it be rich, you have to like, I do a lot of like journaling, you know, I do a lot of like reflection on, you know, my life, my relationships, my growth and stuff like that. And if anything, my biggest problem is just like overthinking stuff. I definitely am guilty <laughs> of that. I think a lot of people who are like in really intense professional careers med school law school you know like finance all this stuff their their whole lives have have kind of geared them into this mindset of overthinking is what leads you to be successful because you don't miss anything yeah but it can really be bad too for your like personal health writing music is a way to like get it out there explore it but i feel like my overthinking is at least generating something i can at least pour it into something and then like really want to like revisit a feeling i'll like pick up a guitar and like play something that i wrote at a specific time in my life and you can kind of like relive that for a moment and then it's done and then you can move on when the song's over think about something else and like live your current day you know oh
1: that's awesome so i I did have one question about your band the i know i'm gonna butcher this the anastomosis Anastomosis, anastomosis wonderful. Anastomosis. Oh, was really close. I was gonna, anastomosis was what I was going to say, but that's yeah. the singular, I assume. That is the singular, yeah. Um, okay, okay. Close, okay. Enough. close enough. Very cool. I'll take yeah. it. So with that, do you guys have a mission that you guys are going for in that kind of vein that, that you've been talking about? Or is there another reason why you are doing this band with your other co-students? I
2: mean... Our mission is just to make music, you know, no more complicated than that. I kind of resist the idea of this one thing about me, the fact that I'm going to medical school and I'm going to be a doctor, like that is like who I am. I don't like to see myself in that way. And and I get it because like the world doesn't have that much time to like think about little old me like nobody, no one person is gets to like richly be explored through the depths of their life by like everybody that they ever encounter. So like of course like people see me, people are going to meet me like my future patients are going to meet me and be like that's my doctor. That's all they need to know about me. But it's really important to me personally that I don't give up the things that make me kind of feel like myself and like music is something that makes me feel like myself and I've luckily found other people in med school that feel the same way. And so Our goal is to just show that valuable art can be kind of made by anybody. I guess to fill out my timeline here, about like halfway through college is when I really got committed to the idea of going to med school. I also transferred schools, right? So my first year of college, I went to UC Santa Cruz, and then I transferred to USC my sophomore year. So I kind of felt like I was playing catch-up, and I felt like I really wanted to minimize the amount of years that I had to take off in between college and med school. So I felt like I was just cramming to fulfill all those requirements and get ready and take the MCAT and blah, 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 do all that stuff. When I graduated college, like, I don't know about you, but I felt it to be like a weirdly difficult transition, graduating college. And like your your just entire life changes almost overnight. And Mm -hmm. I was so not ready for that. I was kind of like in this weird limbo place where I had a lot of downtime. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll learn how to produce music. I'll download Ableton and I'll start to like make my shitty little beats and then the beats slowly get better and <laughs> then the songwriting get slowly gets better and all that stuff. I remember kind of thinking, why am I doing this? I'm not going to be, in my mind, I was thinking like, you're not going to be a pro songwriter. You're not going to be like a professional musician. Like you've already committed to medical school. So like, why are you trying to go down this other avenue of a different career. It's about the communication. You know, we live in a world where artists is intensely commercialized, and there are a couple people who dominate cultural conversation, and no one knows who their local, like, artists are. Not a lot of people do, especially, I think, my generation, our generation, who, like, grew up on the internet. We have it in ourselves to, like, be directly connected to, like, Drake you know, we can Mm -hmm. just see his everyday life. And we can kind of get the role that the artists play in our lives. We don't have to go to our local art fairs and stuff, talk to the people who painted the thing. And you know, so like, I was kind of thinking, like, look, even if I like suck now, next year, I'll get better. And next year, I'll get better than that. And next year, I'll get better. And maybe my progress will surely be slower than somebody who does this nine to five as a career, like all day, every day. But By the time, if I start when I'm, like, 22, by the time that I'm, like, 40, I'll be a fucking good music producer. I'll be really good at that. And, like, that's my focus was just I want to be good at doing this and I want to make music that I'm personally proud of. I think it's probably really valuable to get people who have very different life experiences to be, like, making music and making art. And you get a view totally. of the world that you, you wouldn't otherwise see. And like, I remember kind of hearing, weirdly enough, Ken Jeong, you know, the guy from The Hangover and, and Community. Yep. He, he was mm-hmm. a inspiration to me because I was like, look, like, this is something that I can do. You know, he's was still a practicing physician for at least like part of his acting career. You know, he brings something that other people can't because he even though they don't directly like reference his medical career in like the hangover, like there's just something about his personality that's informed by the life experiences that you get when you're a physician. If we're only getting art from professional full time artists, we're missing out on a lot of perspectives of the world, if you know what I mean.
1: Definitely. I think that that is a huge impact on the diversity of everything as well, right? Where you're not getting enough voices that are varied and that's a major contributor. Actually, I really like the point you made about the local artists and the shift in dynamics of how people are approaching the arts over time just by virtue of accessibility. And I, I think that's a really interesting concept. Awesome. So Kayvon, it's been really incredible speaking with you. Your story, your thoughts on kind of the arts and pursuing that alongside your other passions and and what your drive is in your life and how you make that kind of work is really, for me personally, it's it's pretty inspiring to see that happening. and, And it's cool to see that you're putting it to action. So Ditto. thank you. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thank a, you. thanks a lot for sharing all of that stuff. We do have a, a few final questions we like asking all of our guests just to get mm-hmm. kind of a, another sense of a little bit more about you, but thoroughly appreciate all that you shared and your stories. It's pretty cool to hear.
2: Yeah. Of course. Thank you.
0: First one, what is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts?
2: I mean, for me, just finding the time for it. At first, the hardest thing was convincing myself that everything that I make is not stupid and terrible. That was the first thing. Mm. You kind of have to turn off the self-criticism. And now these days, it's like now that I feel like I do much better than that, even though that usually never goes away. I just feel like finding the time to do it, number one. And then since we just released an EP and I'm doing a lot of the promo, getting over the unease of feeling like you're doing a lot of, hey, look at me, I did this. You know, like there's that, there's like a weird tension when you're sharing your stuff with the world because you feel like you want it to be seen as as many people as are interested in seeing it. But the feeling of aggressively promoting yourself is really strange. I feel like it can be very easy to like, without realizing that you're really doing it, make decisions based on what you think might land better with other people that's usually not what leads to the most compelling art and music you know <laughs> so what what keeps you up at night definitely just overthinking my my day but what keeps me up at night that's a very funny question for me to be asked because i have been having insane sleep problems this past year that finally got fixed by medication so not being able to turn my brain off short answer my personal life involves memorizing as much shit as i can as fast as i can So I just feel like feeling as though I should always be studying and feeling as though my classmates are always studying and I have to do a lot to keep up with them. I'm definitely in the bottom third of my med school class. And I'm not ashamed of that at all because I'm surrounded by insanely smart people, but I feel like I'm just cranking it all day, every day to do the things that I need to do for med school that when I turn off the lights, put my head on the pillow, just sit there my brain goes straight to music shit. And I'll just like, that's what I come up with, like every idea for every song I've ever written. And then I feel like, oh, fuck, like I got to get up and go across the room and open up my phone and write this down and then go back to sleep. And then like five minutes later, like another idea comes in. And it's like, oh, shit, like I don't, this is good. I don't want to lose it, but like I got to go to bed. Right. And so that's you know, I've had to, I've had to just accept sometimes that good ideas will float off into the ether. And if it was really meant to be, it'll come back.
0: That is very true and very hard to remind yourself. (laughs) So, our last question to a person that might be interested in pursuing the arts while still working a nine to five or, you know, becoming a med student, what advice would you give them?
2: You just need to do it and you need to finish your projects. Like, it's not the fun. Anyone who is truly listening to this question for an answer right now, I think you already know what the answer is. You need to finish your projects, you need to share them, you need to make reasonable expectations for yourself there's like way 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 more ideas that bounce across my brain than things that i can actually execute with the time that i have i've done a lot of things where a couple of my friends two of my classmates actually are like just good rappers i'll have them over and we'll record over some beats that i've made and after the first couple songs that we made that turned out pretty well they were like let's make a whole mixtape let's make a whole album and i had to just kind of be like guys look i've been through this with my band i see how much time it takes like Four or five song EP is the most that we can expect of ourselves over the next year. With time, you start to understand how long things take, how much you can expect to be able to do without overstepping into other parts of your life. It's definitely going to take sacrifices. I remember, you know, med school has been nice because just because of the flexibility, at least in the first two years, there's very few times when I would have to actually be in a specific place on a specific time. So I did have the freedom of like, if I want to produce a lot of music today, and that means that tomorrow I need to study all day, like I could do that. But when I was working 9 to 5 after college before med school, you have to come home. You got to do what, you know, will put you in the right headspace to make some music, and you got to really not expect more than like an hour or two a night just because you got to live your life and you got to cook and clean and and relax and feel like you get some rest. I think that it really helps to just focus on making it enjoyable for yourself not putting too much pressure on yourself but at the same time you just got to make yourself finish stuff even if it doesn't feel like it's perfect or amazing i think sometimes i'm sure that you know the two of you can speak to this sometimes it's not until literally the moment that you share it with other people that you're like oh this is how i feel about this project you hear it and you see it and you experience it as something that you work on for like weeks or months or years or however long and then finally when it's out there and you can feel other people's reactions to it that's like just a sudden jolt of perspective and like you need that for growth when i was living in seattle after college i would just go to the same open mic every week and just play at least one song sometimes i could just like tell based on like the way that the room felt when i played something well and when i was kind of fucking sucking you just got to put yourself in that place you know you know and it, it helps you get over the fear of just being bad you know because it's really not the end of the world and then it also helps you just understand what feels good for you to make and what feels right for you and like you can kind of hone in on that and like explore that further and then let the other things that don't feel as right kind of drop by the wayside. you got to make the time for it you got to not put too much pressure on yourself because good things take time but like forcing yourself to finish things and share them the most important thing because it, it can get so easy to hold on to stuff and be like I gotta wait till it's ready I gotta wait till it's ready sometimes it's better to just put it out there and move on hey all thanks for listening
0: you can find out more about our guest on Instagram his personal Instagram is at Kvon B and his band's Instagram is at the period anastomosis they're also on YouTube as well
1: Kavon's info and more details about the interview can be found on the website at www.artisticpodcast.com
0: If you liked the conversation, do us a favor and share it with a friend. Your mom. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. Send it to grandma.
1: For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week.
1: Anastomosis. (laughs)